0: Welcome back to the SBK Betting Podcast, where we are still thinking back fondly of that uh, new market in the Guineas weekend. And it was a successful weekend for this podcast. I hope you listened this time last week and I hope you joined in, especially from TC's betting and selection um, perspective. A sensational weekend, not just in the Guineas itself, TC, but also uh, Probe was a double-figure price nap. But I have to say, we put up quite a comprehensive case for Chaldin. Uh We thought that, that everything was in his favour and it was pretty seamless. You put him up at 11-2, went off at 7-2. And then you obviously made a very good case for Tahira, who's touched off in the 1,000 guineas. But Chaldean, as mentioned, straightforward. A lot of the lead horses that were fancy just never showed up. And he was the one that uh, made it look like a, a pretty, pretty seamless victory for him
1: yeah exactly and it was a great story as well with frankie winning the 2000 guineas in his final 2000 guineas supposedly um both aiden o'brien horses had excuses but chaldean was the best horse in the race anyway he won decisively and yeah we got the value there 11 to 2 went off uh, 7 to 2 if i was to take a horse out of the race though i know plenty of people will focus on the first three maybe the kevin ryan horse to finish second ran well at a big price uh the johnson horse as well that placed in the, in the top four also ran well at a good price but Um, If I was to take a horse out of the race, it would be Secure because I thought he ran an exceptional trial for the Commonwealth Cup. He broke slowly. He took a keen hold. He was right out of the back early on in a race where it probably paid to be prominent as you avoided all of the uh, traffic issues that was happening back in the pack. He made a nice run towards the stand side between the two furlong marker and the one furlong marker before quite clearly failing to get the mile. I think the drop back to six furlongs will make him a very interesting prospect in the Commonwealth Cup.
0: Yeah, there are a couple of horses that similar profile, the likes of Noble Style, probably more of a 6 furlong horse as well. And it was a fat-finding mission, wasn't it? Uh, For plenty of them. Um, But Chaldean looks out and out miler. Frankel's first uh, Guineas uh, winner as well. And it will be uh, fascinating to see um, uh, him, how he campaigns. But it's also... You know the likes of August Rodin and Little Big Bear. Too bad to be true. August Rodin still at the top of the the Derby market. I can't really buy it after that. It was just uh, it was disappointing for Bally Doyle. And then we went into the one thousand guineas and uh, Ross, a filly that you uh, really liked and early on in her career, Morge, I know that you put up as an anti post selection for the one thousand guineas. She's obviously developed into a really striking individual as a three-year-old. I know lots of people said that she looked fabulous in the in the preliminaries and her hear pulled clear uh, but it was Morge that won and uh, you must have you must have been thrilled with that that anti-post bet landing and also the fact that your selections in the uh, uh, 2000 guinea draw Scotsman ran brilliantly considering he pulled so so hard early on
2: yeah it was it was it was it was a good weekend and and it's nice Morge is just a filly I sort of got quite emotional with last year and sort of followed her up and over the hill a couple of times but um, she ran really well. I think Tahira lost nothing in defeat, and I wouldn't be uh, at all confident that Maud would uphold that form going forward. I think the, the sort of sound bites out of Dermot Weld's before the race were that he wasn't entirely convinced that Tahira was, was cherry ripe for it, whereas uh, in contrast, uh, Maud had been over to Maidan, she'd had two runs, so she was there, absolutely hard fit. It's hard to think there's going to be an awful lot of progression with her, whereas with Tahira, I think there's, there's plenty more to come. Um, and I think they'll probably dominate the Phillies' Mile division this year.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I wouldn't say there's huge amounts to take away from behind them, considering they pulled so far clear. Um, but Tahira, uh, I didn't well, wasn't there, so I didn't see her physically. But I, I still think that she's probably on the smaller side, but she's clearly... She might have just been outdone in the end by experience as well, which we were slightly concerned about. Only the two runs under about more, just is pretty bomb proof at this stage. Um, but brilliant for Saibin Sura, Oshin Murphy back after that uh, lengthy ban. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of storylines on the weekend. But we move from a good weekend to another uh, busy weekend of racing. And we've got the Victoria Cup as our focus. Uh, a classic sort of um, puzzle when it comes to handicaps at Ascot. Um, it's down the straight seven furlongs. and with the weather that it's been over the last week, couldn't believe that Salisbury was cooled off because of waterlogging. Um, we come to ask it with soft ground, but I'd like to hope that it's drying out just slightly um, as well. And um, this is always a bit of a... a Bit of fun to try and work out. And we're uh, looking at it with a field size of 23. So good um, competitive action at Ascot. And uh, we'll start with this, TC. I'll come to you first. There's a horse in here, Kingdom Come. And I know you follow the all weather scene like night and day over the winter period. And I'm really interested to see um, Kingdom Come. Um, come onto the turf essentially he's the horse that stands out to me in this race but he's here against some seasoned handicappers Baradar who ran really well in the Lincoln you've got Fresh he loves it Ascot you've got last year's winner uh, Vaffortino um so I just wondered what you thought about him just quickly in the context of the rest of the race and how you ball down your selection
1: I think if there's a group performer in here it probably is kingdom come um I like his draw Clive Cox has done well in this race before winning it with River Nymph uh, back in 2021 there's a lot going for him. The negatives are he's only had three starts this year after a long break and they, all three came on the all-weather. His only two turf starts were on good to firm and good ground. He's by Kingman, so you know he's got a good turn of foot. We've seen that, and Kingman horse's uh, progeny do tend to have good acceleration. Maybe the soft ground will blunt that here. Um, and he's also quite high up the market. So there are questions to answer for Kingdom Come. He's got the highest ceiling of any horse in the race, but I don't want to bet him at this price given the fact we've never seen him on these on this type of ground before
0: yeah i that's what i was thinking i just think he's got he's this he's he could be really, he could be very very exciting but he's definitely fragile he's got his problems so i think soft ground they wouldn't want to run him on anything too fast because of his problems but maybe he won't actually act on it so he's an intriguing horse in the context of this race so then is there a handicapper in here that you think he's got to a certain right mark um is it you know it's quite early on in the season There are a lot of trainers are still sort of finding their feet well, how did you uh, how did you come to find your selection
1: yeah, so I mentioned River Nymph there and I actually backed him and, and tipped him when he won in 2021. Uh, the main reason for that was because I think high draw is crucial in this race, especially when the ground is on the soft side. They all seem to come across to the stand side and if you're drawn low, you're out in the center of the track and then you can f- struggle to find cover, you struggle to f- to follow the pace horses. It's just really difficult to win. Now that's not saying anything in a single figure draw can't win and I'm sure Ross is going to put up a couple in a second that, that could go close uh, from a single figure berth, but at the same Time I think you've got to be really well handicapped or by far the best horse in the race to win from out there. So, firstly, my my main angle here is I'm tossing out any horse that is drawn 10 or lower in this race. As I say, it could be it could be completely rubbish and we could see a low-drawn horse win. But his history tells us we want high draws. Now, the market leader, Baradar, is drawn low. So, you know, if you fancy that jolly, then you're gonna to have to overcome the historic bias. River Nymph, who's, who's also drawn low, so I've got to throw him out. And I ended up siding with last year's winner, Vafortino. He to me just ticks far more boxes than any other horse in this race. And I genuinely cannot believe that he's not vying for favouritism. In my tissue, he's around five, six to one, and right now you can get him at ten to one. About an hour ago, he was twelves, which is a, a phenomenal price. Now, he's a son of Nube. He started his career with Joseph O'Brien and ran very respectably in a couple of three-year-old races, two-year-old races, uh, most notably on soft ground. So the conditions definitely won't uh, hinder him on Saturday. Since he's moved from Kevin philippe to Foys, he's won two of his seven starts. This race last year off a mark of 97 and at Goodwood on good to soft ground, which again proved that he handles deep conditions. Now he's gone up six pounds in the weight since he won this race 12 months ago. However, if you take the RPR from his most recent effort at Newmarket, he is still chucked in off a mark of 103. Then you've got to add in the fact that Benoit de takes off three pounds. They're moving back to Ascot where his best ever performance has come in terms of winning performance. He's got a great draw. I think everything is in Vafortino's favour. And I would genuinely be surprised if he doesn't go off five, six, seven to one.
0: Okay. And do you think, just looking at the race, you know, you've got a lot of horses reopposing, the likes of Fresh. Do you think it's a better, stronger race than it was this time last year?
1: Yeah, I think it's a very similar race. Uh, we have the same kind of horses running again. Fresh, as you said, uh, ran very respectably last year. River Nymph back in third. Fresh was fourth. Vaffortino again. But Vafortino has the most improvement to come. As I say, he's only had seven starts for his trainer. The likes of Fresh we see every year. He's an ascot specialist. He runs in all of these big field handicaps. Right now, he's the same price as Vafortino, But I just struggle to, to believe that he is capable of beating Vaffortino off this mark. Fresh will be there or thereabouts, and he'll have his followers. He's sure to be strong in the market. But I just like Vafortino I have to say, quite strongly as well.
0: Yeah, and um, obviously his trainer Davin Menuzia making a, a great start to the new season. Um, look at a very good case for him. I think this draw thing, Ross, we'll have to we have to chat about it because my selection is below um, in in these uh, low numbers, and um, we'll find out if yours are. But let's just look. Last year, first, second, third, fourth. Were all drawn 10 or higher, and you go back over the course of the last few years 2021 River Nymph in draw 24, second and 17, third and 25, fourth and 14, fifth and 16, sixth and 23. You've got to go all the way back to the eighth place horse to get anything you drawn lower than 10. And you can keep going back and trying to find it's like a bit like trying to find a weather app and trying to find the weather that you like, it's not happening. Um. <laughs> Why, why, why would you even dare to go with a horse and uh, drawn essentially in the wrong part of the track?
2: Because I looked forward from this meeting last year, and particularly at Royal Ascot and then Ascot in the autumn, uh, draw bias went out the window. Um, since then, they've had real problems with the with the jumps track. It's been exceptionally dry. Um, I, I just, I'm not prepared to put enough of my eggs in one basket that the, the draw bias that sort of got turned on its head at the back end of last year won't continue this year. Now, it could just be at this time of year with this amount of rainfall uh, that TC is absolutely right and, and, and to follow those stats of, of, of high draws. Um, but I'm going to try pretty hard this year not to let draw bias influence me particularly. I did it a couple of times last year and it, it didn't pay off too badly. Um, so I, I just sort of threw it out the window and uh, I've gone for horses that I think are like conditions that are well weighted, well handicapped, suited by the trip. Um, and you know, if if you're wrong, you're wrong, and and if you're right, you, you, you're going to get paid better than than you should have done because a lot of the market is going to be shaped by by the draw. Um, so the two have come down on a, a a baradar from from George Bowie's yard. Um, I I just don't think you can ignore anything that he targets at these at these Saturday handicaps. Um, he is absolute mustard at it. Um, Baradar just clearly didn't stay the mile trip on, on heavy ground in, in the Lincoln. I mean, a furlong and a half out, if you'd have backed him, you'd have been counting your money because he was absolutely swinging along and then just didn't find, I think, as much as Kevin Stott perhaps expected him to find. And perhaps didn't find as quickly as Kevin Stott expected him to find either. So I think that experience for Kevin Stott will will serve him well this time. I think the drop back to to seven furlongs on soft ground is absolutely tailor-made for him. Um he stays on the same mark at ninety seven i th- i think he's got a lovely racing weight um, and i think in soft ground the lighter the weight you're carrying i think that advantage can be exaggerated on on softer ground than it can be on on better ground so i think he's got to be uh certainly on your short list um i, I take on board the draw is not ideal but um as i've already mentioned i'm just going to put a line a line through that and then i just want one at a bigger price as well i thought uh, David manki's other horse actually Tommy son i mean we'd We'd all heard a bit of chat about him before his, before his debut in this country this year. And he, he ran abysmally and didn't run an awful lot better last time. But I think he had <clears throat> traffic problems last time, which might have given him an excuse. Christian DeMuro is quite an interesting booking. Um, but that was a bit too wild for me, uh, or even me. So uh, I've gone with, with Darkness, who gets in at the bottom of the weights, Andrea Atzini. Um, I think he's the same. I think he just doesn't quite see out a mile. Um, and I, I don't think he's quite quick enough over seven furlongs on good ground. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's, he's got his soft ground conditions. I liked how he finished off his race at Ascot. Uh, sorry, at Newmarket Newmarket just eight days ago. That's a bit of a concern. But I liked how he finished that race off. It's the first time I've seen him really run through the line for a while. The visors retained. This softer ground is definitely going to suit him better. Um, and I thought at a big price he was just interesting uh, if he can Uh, back that run up
0: okay yeah darkness 33 to one and probably is that price because coming out of stall three um as you say you get a bit more value with it and uh um baradar interesting patchy enough that lincoln form so it's kind of working out some of it isn't he's in stall seven tongue tied for the first time as well you might have noticed
2: yeah certainly not going to do any harm is it Uh, particularly on soft ground you know if, if they, if they Catch their palate. They're going to do it more on soft ground than than on better ground, and, and he is just a soft ground horse. So, yeah, I mean, it's typical, g- typical George Bowie, just no, not leaving any stone unturned, and uh, I've got huge respect for his operation.
0: Yeah, six to one, and probably would have been shorter if he wasn't in stall seven. Um, but uh, as you say, that could it could it could all change, um, and uh, trends are there to be broken. Uh, but Baradar and Darkness for um, Ross, so a bit of. Um, a big each way price there at thirty three to one with Darkness. Uh, David Nemer who's um, he's just excellent at these kind of horses and Baradar who's six to one. And um, then we've got uh, a for TC at ten to one. Um, I'm going to put up Rebel Territory. I actually beat Baffertino uh, last time out for the Amanda Perrett yard, who are actually quietly doing quite well um, at the early part of this season. Horses running quite nicely. I, I was uh, saw another winner for them the other day. So if you will, one again has been an absolute yard star um, at Kempton. I think they've just been having, they've got their horses in quite a good place. I don't think they've got masses of horses anymore. Uh, but Rebel Territory, another horse that really relishes uh, giving the ground, was a winner at Newmarket last time out. Um, just seemed to be very, very much well in well in, in himself. And uh, I think that, look, he's only go, gone up a couple of pounds. He's another horse that's drawn um, not brilliantly. Um, but uh, he's they clearly sort of mind him a little bit. He doesn't do a huge amount of racing, and hopefully this doesn't come too quickly for him. He seemingly goes quite well fresh, and uh, I like I like his profile, and he's a, he's another one that would probably be shorter. Uh, got ten to one here. Wouldn't want him any shorter than that, considering uh, where he's coming out of the outstall too. Um, but um, Jim Crowley back on board again. I like. Um, his chance in what is always a, a competitive field. So we've got something for everyone here, uh, whatever angle you like to take for the Victoria Cup. Um, right, we'll head on into our naps and our next best, which uh, uh, landed pretty nicely last week, and we've got a mixed card at Haydock. This is perfect for you, Ross. Love a bit of a mix. Love a bit of mix action. Now you're getting so good at the flat stuff, but you've got, got things like the Swinton hurdles. So we'll go to you first because uh, your nap, Caroline Street was a winner at 11-2 to two last week so you can take it away for us.
2: Yeah I was straight into Haydock and had one quick look at the Swinton hurdle and thought that looked far too difficult so I've actually uh, stuck to the flat and following a couple of horses I, I know quite well from their juvenile seasons. I spoke to Ed Bethel at the, the back end of last season um, and he nominated James McHenry as a a horse he really liked, but thought would step forward an awful lot with a with another winter behind him and, and back out as a three-year-old. James McHenry runs in the two ten at, at Haydock. Uh, Ed Bethel was absolutely spot on. He took a giant step forward on his seasonal return at uh, Redcar, won very comfortably in sort of quite stylish fashion. He is up five pounds, um, but I think this uh, progressive young horse has, has got plenty more to give. I know the trainer thinks an awful lot of him, and I'd be disappointed if he couldn't land. Back to back wins so he's the nap in the 210 at Haydock. And then later on in the card, the 425, what's called Emperor Caradoc, um, who I sort of followed as a, as a juvenile, and, and he just disappointed a couple of times, but there was undoubted ability there. Uh, since he's gelled and he's taken a, a step forward, I think he just hasn't stayed the last two times uh, over a mile and uh, furlong and a half, and then a, a mile and a bit. Um, he drops back to seven furlongs on slightly uh, better ground. I think that's going to suit him well. Uh, so in the 4.25, Emperor Caradoc is the next best.
0: Okay. Yeah, Ed Bethel's, especially his three-year-olds at the moment, I've just had a quick check, 29% strike rate at the moment with his three-year-olds. He's had 10 winners from 30, 40, 34 runners. Um, and there was a horse that he ran the other day, Ellen. Um, who bolts up at Musselburgh and looks very smart. And I think he's just got a really nice bunch of horses um, from that that three-year-old pool. Um, So interested to see how uh, James McHenry uh, runs for you there, Ross, on... uh, His uh, on his second start back as a three-year-old. Okay, TC. I know that we've got we would have had declarations for Lingfield, but because they've had to move to your weather, uh, we're still waiting for them. But I know you'll have an eagle eye on them, um, anyway. Is there anything that you're looking forward to seeing if they are declared? And where is your NAPA next best coming from?
1: Well, yeah, (coughs) Lingfield will be very interesting, Uh, as you say. We don't have declarations until Friday. We're filming this right now on Thursday afternoon, so yeah, no tips there, but you know if you follow me on twitter or whatever if you if you see my articles on betting.getspk.com, i'm sure there'll be a tip there uh from lingford for one of the trials the napper next best yeah we're not looking at a 12 to 1 nap this week i have to say um i'd say it's more of a banker nap rather than a you know a value play like probe was um 7 days ago <laughs> um and the nap is going to be creative force in the 245 at haydock it's a six on conditions event there are only four runners he probably won't be much for price anything around evens four to five i think is very fair um you generally need to run to a mark in the high 100s low 110s to win a conditions race including this one uh, if you look back through the last 10 years and creative force is well capable of performing to 120. he's by far the best horse in the race he's a group one caliber performer if he's at his best and yes last time out he lost uh, he finished third at a short price at newmarket second that day was comanche falls he re I don't think he's gonna confirm that form. I think creative force was the better horse of the two in that race. He came stand side. I was, I was there that day. He came stand side, nothing took him into the race. Far side was a, a much better place to be. It was also his first run of the season. I think Creative Force ran the better race than Comanche Falls, and I think he'll definitely come on more than Comanche Falls for that performance. I fully expect him to win. Prior to that run, by the way, last time at Newmarket, he ran in seven straight Group 1s, winning one of them, placing in three others. So, yeah, I'll be extremely disappointed if he loses. Uh, and then one at a slightly bigger price, the next best, it's going to be Mr. Bluebird in the 4.55 Ascot. And it's a very similar case to Vafortino. He won this race last year, like Vafortino won the Victoria Cup last year. Um... And Mr. Bluebird looks like he's been very much aimed at this uh, event again. Billy Nane takes the ride, which I think is a, a huge plus. Uh, Heather Mayne doesn't really have that many horses, but when she does, she places them uh, fantastically well, which is why I think this will be the target. He, run, uh, he won this race last year for Marcus 74. Now, he's gone up in the weight since, but as I say with Vaffortino, he's improved in the interim this uh, year's renewal only features 10 horses. Last year was 19. It was far more competitive. I think this year, Mr. Bluebird is the clear standout. Um, and as I say, with Vafortino, course form is super important at Ascot. His recent spin at Musselboro will definitely have him primed for the race. I think he'll prove very hard to beat Mr. Bluebird in the 4.55 at Ascot.
0: Nice. Out of interest, what price do you think Greater Falls will be in this uh, four-runner race? I mean, Comanche Falls get, gets is giving him weight as well. I mean, he, it should be... Going to
1: be extremely short, is he not? Yeah, well, last, last time at Newmarket, he went off, I think, 8-13 to in the race that also involved Comanche Falls and another of the uh, re-opposing horses um, on Saturday. I think maybe you can get four to six. Four to five will be value, even be value. I know it's very short, but here's a horse that I think is a banker. If you're doing accumulators or you're doing combination bets on Saturday, whack him in there. You can treat Mr. B- Mr. Bluebird as my equal nap if you want, but uh, Creative Force is the banker.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Four on the field. Interesting seeing him back in a conditions race and thinking around badly as a sort of a pipe opener. So busy, as you said, last season uh, for Charlie Appleby um, and James Doerr on board. Okay. Right. Thanks for that. I've got a, uh, a couple of horses that are running this weekend that just sort of of no out of interest. Now, William Haggis has had a, for his standards, a very quiet time, but I was pleased to see him have a winner yesterday at Chester. He had spent, I think, five days without runners at all. i have have a suspicion that things just haven't been quite rosy um, and they're just sort of working out if, if things are, if things are right there so I'm sure that they've been pleased to see a winner uh, back at Chester he's got some important runners for the rest of the week at Chester and Alma Beer runs again um, this weekend um, at Haydock. Now I'm interested to see him coming back and trip. I thought he looked like to me when he won it at Leicester, and it was the day that um, TC put him up as well on this podcast. So he looked like a, a horse that would benefit for, for further. But they they've come back to seven furlongs. Um, the reason why, even even though the trip is a little bit strange to me, I don't think it's a, a the most competitive of races for him, considering um, what he uh, what he looks like he can achieve and the rate that he's going. And I think he's just been. He's, again, it's just another well-placed decision for, from his trainer um, to give him more race course experience because I think he was just a little bit all at sea in the Lincoln. Um, but he's clearly a horse with plenty of talent. Um, so I do like Alma Beer um, at Haydock. Uh, just confirm the time for, for you. Uh, that's the 350 at Haydock on Saturday. That's my nap. And the next best is a two-year-old. Um, I've been reliably informed that Ocean Runner is um, at pretty much at the top of the pecking list of the Charlie Appleby two-year-olds. And the blue points, as we know, as Ross, you'll know, you're keeping a very good eye on the juveniles. The blue points uh, are doing no wrong. Um, And um, this one, this blue point... called Ocean Runner, cost 625,000 guineas at the Breeze Ups only a couple of weeks ago. They are rolling the dice pretty quickly with him, probably because they see him as a Royal Ascot type. And uh, he's running at Ascot in the 310 uh, with Harry Davis on board with all their jockeys um, in different parts of the country. But Harry Davis gets the leg up on Ocean Runner. So looking forward to seeing how he goes. Um, Charlie Appleby had another blue point win at Newmarket on the weekend. So... Um, that is that. Uh, looking forward to seeing how, um, the, uh, the rate of form continues after a successful weekend last weekend. That draw bias, I'm gonna be. Conscious of our um, uh, ask, it we'll see how that that uh, materialises. TC, good luck, Ross. Good luck. Um, a reminder that new SBK customers can get twenty pounds and free bets by betting tip ten pounds. T's and C's always apply. Remember to subscribe, um, follow our podcast channel, uh, listen to us on our YouTube channel. You can watch us there as well. Uh, a big um, uh, not nod to the ambassador content because george Bowie's stable tour definitely worth following if you were able to have followed it before last week uh, you would have noticed uh, soprano as one of his horses to follow one of his juveniles and she duly obliged and looks like a lovely uh, filly for them to go to war with so uh definitely worth making the most of that ambassador content but for us um thank you for joining us and we'll see you